Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hi, it's Lori, and I'm so glad you're tuning in for today's episode. Today, you're going to hear the restoration story of Natasha and Tim. They have such a unique story. In fact, I don't think I've ever heard a restoration story the way theirs has unfolded. God really used the other person in her husband's life to bring Tim back home. And it is just so special. And I know it's going to encourage you. Natasha wrote a book called The Wise Wife Blueprint, Biblical Solutions for Finding Joy in Any Marriage. And that book was birthed out of her walk through her marriage problems and her restoration and how she changed as a wife. And I know that it would be a book that would probably be a huge encouragement to you. At the end of this episode, we'll share how you can get your own copy. Also, if you're enjoying these episodes, will you take a minute and write a review for us? It is so helpful to have reviews on various podcast platforms so that others can see us and it helps move us to the top so we can be found because if your goal is like ours, we want everyone to know that there is hope for their marriage regardless of the situation they're facing. So enjoy this conversation. Well, Natasha, thank you for joining us today. We are so excited to talk to you. We're excited to hear your story and just hear what God has done in your family. Uh, this is so incredible for me to be here. I've been doing a lot of podcast interviews, but I have to say I am the most excited about this one because it feels like I'm kind of coming home in a way uh, full circle. So it's, it's really special for me. Thank you for having me. We're thrilled, and I know that you're going to encourage so many people of your testimony of what God did for you, that he's no respecter of persons, and what he did for you and your husband, he is going to do for others, and we just got to increase our faith and and learn that there's trials and tribulations, but God can turn them all around to good. Amen. I agree. Well, you went through a trial and a tribulation in your marriage. And tell us a little bit about um, your marriage, maybe even the early days when you first got married, you know, were things um, struggles from the beginning or were things going well and then you hit a bump or what happened when you were um, first hitting your problems? Yeah, good question. Um, we've been married now for 20 years, so I'm going to go back into um, those years. And honestly, I think really it was more um, the, the problems were there but we were really ignorant to them. You know, we were young. um, We met in a, um, you know, in a church setting. So I thought, this is it. This is my Christian godly man that I've been waiting for. And um, the, you know, the, the call, I mean, I felt called to him immediately and like it was meant to be, you know, and then, um, and I'll I'll say, I, I wrestled with that when the problems came, I felt God, did I not hear you right? Did I, was I just listening to myself? Um, You know, all those lies were like pouring in that you were too young and you were, you know, you, you weren't listening to God. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was, there were problems from the beginning, but I think we were just sort of um, going along as if they were going to magically repair themselves at some point. And then when we, 
after about, we were eight years into our marriage and we had twin sons that were three. Um, one day I came home and um, my husband had drank an entire bottle of scotch and which I, I should preface this by saying I have written a book about this. My husband wrote the foreword. We are very open about our story and everything that I say in this setting, he would be right here saying with me. Yes. Um, if he could be here, he wish he could be here. And he was supposed to be with was, us, but we've, we've had some scheduling snafus. So we decided Natasha alone, <laughs> and then we'll get both of you at some point. <laughs> He's amazing. So it would be incredible to have him with us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, I came home and, and, um, you know, at this point I was really checked out of my marriage and looking back, it, it should have come as no surprise that he was announcing that he was leaving, um, and had had an emotional affair and was just like, I don't want to live this way. So that was for him, the catalyst of it's time, it's time to, to leave. And, it was um, very final. There was no, you know, um, let's go to counseling or, hey, maybe we can work it out. Maybe it's temporary separation. It was final. <laughs> that was it. There was no coming back. And he was very, very clear um, from that point on. So yeah, that was eight years in. And, um, and that was the start of my standing journey. When he left and it was final in his mind, was mm -hmm. it final in your mind as well? Or did you think, no, there's got to be more that we can do. Like there's got to be hope. We have a family. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's interesting because I had all this time to make these changes and repair, but of course it took, it took, um, me having the proverbial rug pulled out from under me to yeah. really have my sort of come to Jesus moment where I realized I don't like myself. You know, I'm not, I'm not even really who I want to be. Um, no wonder this is happening. And it, it happened. I would say that was one of the things that really shocked Tim the most when he left, he was like, why do you care? You've literally, you don't love me. You don't even like me. Wow. Like, we don't have a good relationship. Like, I'm doing you a favor by being the bad guy. Come on, you know? And so it was shocking to him that um, that about two days in, I kind of moped for about two days. And then about two days in, I just realized, was like, I'm not going down like this, you know? I, I feel like this would be such a shame. There, it, would be, it would be at the expense of my children, right. you know? And, Right. And so, yes, the kids were a major motivator for us, but I do think that when you have kids, you, you really are confronted with the fact that like they are on the altar, like of your marriage sacrifice, you know? So, you know, you might heal and you might be able to quote unquote, move on your children will never heal like fully. They'll never, I really don't think they'll ever fully heal from um, a divorce. And I, I was really confronted with that. And that was a huge motivator. And, you know, spoiler alert, that was literally one of the, the that was the thing that I think God really used the most to, to where, heal our marriage. Where were you spiritually at that time? And where was your husband spiritually when this yeah. was um, going through the motions? Okay. You know, uh, let's just say when that happened and I, I really believe, and I'm super thankful for my parents and my upbringing, because I believe that while I had walked away from the Lord, um, in the years leading up to our separation. And that was my response 
to feeling so disappointed and disillusioned with marriage. Right. And it was the wrong response. I, I really wish I had had a better response, but that was my fleshly response to this marriage thing sucks. I don't like this. You failed me, God, you know, um, you're, I'm just hurting all the time and there's no help for me because of course I wasn't even going to the, to the real sources of help. So anyways, I, um, I had spent a good two or three years of just turtling, right? Like I'm hurting. My husband has problems, you know, let's just say there were problems in our marriage. And, you know, so my husband has problems and they hurt me. They hurt me every day. I'm, I'm just feeling hurt. It was just really like emotional hurt nonstop over and over again. And eventually I just turtled, right? Like after five years of that, the first five years of our marriage, I just turtled. It was, let's, let's just protect. But when you do that, you shut yourself off, right? You shut yourself off to, to, you're not gracious anymore. You're, you're not allowing the Lord to like even work in you because you're shutting yourself off to everything. And so it was a very slippery slope downward for me. And I really was not. Um, I was just a shell of myself in those, in those years. And so when Tim did leave, um, I was in a very dry and barren spiritual place. And I'm so thankful for my upbringing because when that, when that like crisis happened, I had two choices, you know, I could have just like gone further into a tailspin or I could go back onto my knees and onto my face before the Lord. And I am so thankful that I got on my face before the Lord and I dusted off my Bible and I said, there has to be a better way. Lord, you're going to have to show me because I just don't know what it is. I read a quote in a book um, that said two people chasing after God are not going to end up in a divorce. It's very true, right? There's at least one person who is, is spiritually sound enough to say, listen, we are going to fight the enemy for this, but it's so common to hear that when people hit this struggle, that that's what happens, that they, um, that's when their scales come off their eyes, that they're awakened to how they have not been walking with the Lord the way they should have. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's amazing to go through that hardship, but for the, um, positive that comes out of it for relationships being renewed with the Lord, it's so neat to see how he has worked that out. You know, and you said in your book that you had zero love for him. And I can remember when I had zero love for my husband, because you would have been so destroyed by his actions, by his words, what lack of love, whatever you just, and your, your um, love tank is, is down to empty. Mm -hmm. And when you said that, I thought there's so many people that are hearing you right now that say it is hopeless, stamped dead. And I want to say, listen to you and listen to our story that God can resurrect and restore and put love back into your marriage. You cannot even begin to imagine. First, it's what you just did. You cried out to God. And that's what we have to do. We don't have to uh, look at our circumstances and say, woe is me. But we've got to cry out to God and say, help, help me, help my marriage, help my kids. What is your plan and purpose? Because I know it's not this. Yeah. And forgive me, you know, forgive me that it's taken me this much, you know, and we know God disciplines those he loves and loves. And I was being disciplined and you're so right that the love that comes after 
this season that many of the listeners are in right now is so incredibly rich. It's so different than anything I could have ever imagined. And I, I do want to, because because obviously the people listening don't know my story at all. I do want to just give like a sort of a fast forward of this, this um, to say that the man my husband is today is more of a man, the man that I wanted than I could have ever imagined, you yeah, know? So coming from this place where he was, he, you know, that year long separation that we had, um, he was a proclaimed atheist. He denounced God. I, in fact, he has, he will now tell you that he never knew God. Um, he was never really saved in his mind, like in his, in his opinion. Um, so he denounced God. He was a proclaimed atheist. He was sleeping with any woman who would sleep with him. I mean, it was a terrible, terrible, dark time. And, and so he was, he, he was, a wreck. He was a mess. And yet I will say when I was in that, in that situation, I just was so encouraged by Bob's writings because I'm looking at from the outside, looking in, all I saw was him living the bachelor life. I saw him like dating women and doing triathlons and thriving at work. It just seemed like he was just having oh, the time of his life. And I know it. And, and I'm sitting there going, I'm literally in, you know, the worst, this is the worst feeling I've ever had in my life. And I see no hope whatsoever, but God is so faithful that when we do, like you said, first ask for help, repent, put that back on the Lord and say, okay, for your name, God, you know, it's your name on the line now. Like I'm going to come to you and you're, you're going to deliver for me. Um, and I'm going to hold on to that truth. And when you do that, I knew that I was never going back to that old marriage. And that was the key. It was like, I'm not fighting to have this old, terrible marriage that we used to have. I'm fighting this spiritual battle because I know that the amount of work and change that God has done in me is a sign of how much work God could do in Tim. Right. And even if, even if he never changes Tim and I'm the only one that has come out of this season changed, even then I know our marriage will be better. So it's very empowering to know yeah. that, oh, that so there true. was hope because it's, it's, this isn't like, I mean, obviously faith is in, is hoping in the things that we can't see, but then there's just fact. I mean, I was changed. So I had to believe that, um, that even if Tim didn't change, our marriage would be better. Right. And, uh, and he didn't change. I will say he did not change. He actually was worse. When I took him home, he was more broken. Wow. He was more desperate. Um, and, and he was actually more belligerent. <laughs> he was, he was pushing the buttons to see if I would break, you know, yeah. for two, two years after getting back together, it, wow. it, I still consider that my stand. My stand was one year of separation and two years of being back together in a loveless marriage where I was called to be a wife to a man that did not want to be my husband. And yet God was so faithful to give me every resource that I needed, including Charlene cares, including your writings, probably one of the biggest resources that helped me. And I will say um, to those who are in that situation where you just, all you see is, is destruction behind you. And you know, God is pulling your heart and you know, God is calling you to, to do what seems impossible and where people around you think you're crazy. Um, and yet 
you don't see anything but this destruction behind you and you cannot look behind you. Right. You know, you cannot look back. You, the only way you look back is in your own heart to where you need to change and the things that you need to repent of and the things you need to move out of. Yeah. But otherwise look forward and, and in great anticipation, know that God is going to move and he it's the timing is perfect. Right. And I remember thinking every time looking back, you know, every month, why isn't he back yet? Lord, why? And, you know, pleading with God. And then every month I would look back and I'd be like, well, thank goodness he didn't come back this month because that would have worked out so well. Yeah. Let <laughs> me ask you a question. When Tim was gone and you were seeing him living this lifestyle, thinking he's so happy and he's having the time of his life and he's fit and he's being blessed. Yeah. Now that Tim's home, what was really happening in that time in his life? Because I have to imagine it wasn't yeah. the party that you thought you were seeing. Yeah, no. Um, and during that time, Tim was pretty much the only reason he was doing triathlons was because he was pretty much drunk every other moment. Wow. And that was like his way to to just not go completely down um, to the pit of despair. And um, and the thing and he was yeah, and, and he was I mean, anyone who's had extramarital affairs um, will tell you it's it, it's it's never it's never as rewarding as the enemy wants you to think it is. Right. Um, so there was a lot of self-hate. Essentially, it was just a lot of self-hate. And I will say that, that Tim is a man of integrity. And it's one of the things I love the most about him. He, um, you know, when he made that decision, that was it. It was not like, I'm going to show up at church on Sunday and have a girlfriend on the side, you know, there was none of that. And I'm very thankful for that. And, um, and, and again, I will encourage listeners, like when you adopt, um, when you adopt that, that, that praise, nonstop praise, like I'm just going to praise for everything, which I think is a really integral part to the battle strategy of fighting for your marriage. Um, that was one of the things that I, that the Holy spirit sort of revealed to me, um, because I could have just sat there and, and been like, man, he is such a deadbeat. He is, he is a terrible person. I had all these reasons. I had a lot of circumstances to say that, yeah. but instead I prayed, I was like, you know, Lord, you have to show me what there is to be praiseworthy, to be praiseworthy. Like what is praiseworthy? And the Lord revealed to me, he has integrity. You know, I'm like, integrity? Are you, what are you talking about? But no, he does. He, he, he did just, just even in like a weird twisted way, I was able to be like, oh yeah. Okay. Even the bad things you're doing right now show that you at your core, um, yeah, are a man of integrity. So it, it's again, do not look at what you see and make all the judgments and make your decisions on what you see. Like, I mean, this is what Charlene drilled into me every day when I read Charlene's cares every day. Keep um, rejoicing. I know. Oh man. Uh, yeah. I would never, I knew it was going to be, I always felt like it was going to happen. I just never would have in a million years have been able to describe to you back then, even close to how amazing it is now. I think. Isn't that amazing? How, awesome. Yeah. How did Tim come home? What, what was happening in, hmm. in your lives that led up to him physically coming home? And then fast forward the two years a little bit and tell us about how he really came home emotionally when things yes. actually started to change in your marriage. Okay. So I don't tell these stories in the book. So this is like a nice little, um, 
you know, secret uh, behind the scenes approach to, to what really happened. Cause I couldn't tell everything. Um, yeah. But when, t- so the catalyst for Tim coming home, this is such a great, a great way of how God works. You know, um, women would come to me all the time, especially women in the church, and they would apologize for their husbands, not having the courage or the desire to go and talk to Tim while we were separated. You know, they'd be like, I'm so sorry. I, I tried to get Pat to go and see him and, or Joe or whatever, whoever it was. And, and he just, he doesn't really know him well. And he doesn't, I was like, please, I release you from that. Please go and release your husband from that obligation, please. Because God is going to speak when God speaks. And I don't need any one of them because God will speak when he's going to speak. So I really believed that, but I still did not see it coming the way that it came. Um, So Tim was actually with another woman pretty seriously towards the back half of our separation. And um, in, in typical God fashion, he likes to make it really obvious that it was him who did the work. So she is a a stunning model and um, is smart. She's an engineer. I mean, she, she was an amazing uh, classy woman, I will say. And um, it was her that God spoke through. Wow. And it was the other woman. And um, Tim tells this story really well, but basically he rolled over one morning and he said, Hey, you know what it would be really great? It would be really great if um, I took this job in Switzerland because he had a job offer in, in Europe. I took this job in Switzerland. You came with me and we just started over. And she literally, who loved him, she loved him. She's told me since she loved him. Um, she looked at him and said, actually, that would be great. That would be fun. I, I would like that. But the best case scenario would be that you fall in love with your wife and raise your kids. Wow. And, her. Oh, and Tim said that, that the moment she said it, it was like this switch flicked in his head. I believe the veil was lifted and he immediately had a railroad track to me. He said he tried to go for a run right after that. And he was running along the ocean. And he said, literally every step he took, which was further away from where I am, it was wrong. He, he was like physically manifesting this like desire to turn around. And um, that, yeah, like literally he got back from that run and he called me and he, um, he told me, he told me, and this is another thing that's important to know, you know, your, your hope is in what God will do. My hope was never in what Tim would do or say, you know, I had to get over that. That took a while, but I had to get over that. My hope and my faith is not rooted in what he would say or do for better or worse. And so when, when he came back and we hadn't spoken on the phone in, in a long time, and he said, I, I'm, I don't love you. I haven't loved you in a long time. And I've spent the last year destroying every bit of love I've ever had for you, but I really cannot see myself without the boys. And I cannot see myself being alone without them. And I hope that I can one day love you again. If you're willing to try. And what was, your, what was your reaction? <laughs> I, I was like the lie won the lottery. I mean, I was like, I was praising God. I was jumping up and down. I was trying not to sound like a crazy person on the phone and be like calm and, you know, absolutely. You I, know, can you know, I can relate. I can relate. 
people thought I that that was like the worst sales pitch of all time. I mean, you know, but what I understood was again, my hope is not rooted in what he the, the exact things that he is saying. My hope is in God, and God has told me I will bring your husband home, keep the closets empty, you know, keep his keep his his pictures on the wall. I will bring him home and it will be the way I do it. And so yeah, it was like not. Honestly, I never once felt disappointed with how he said that to me, actually. I think think I'm so honest. Yeah, I think that is so huge for people to listen and to hear and to absorb because so often we build in our mind the way we want God to do things and we try to make God conform to what we want. Well, next Thursday afternoon would be great. And then we can go on a cruise for the weekend and it'll be so nice and whatever. And your husband is coming home saying, Hey, I'm coming home as a roommate, essentially. Yes, absolutely. A roommate that expects you to be a great wife. I mean, there was, there was a lot of expectation and to answer your next question of when did he come home uh, spiritually? And, and well, so there's a, a couple steps here. First, he came home physically, right? Then he came home emotionally. And that was two years later. And then uh, two years after that, he came home to the Lord spiritually wow. and, and it's just been like jet fuel ever since, right? Um, on on us, on as a couple, as a family, we've had another baby. Um, you know, it was a miracle baby that I hadn't had been able to get pregnant for 13 years, and uh, wow. she's a huge blessing. That and every time I look at her, I'm like, you wouldn't be here. You literally would not exist had I not gotten over my hurt feelings and you know really just trusted God to do what he says in his word that he will do. Um, and so, yeah, so we, the, the timeline there was it, that, that two years of being essentially in a marriage, but a one way marriage was really my rubber hits the road moment, you know, it, and I know Charlene, you prepared me for it by saying in your writings and in your books, you know, that this is when the stand really starts. Yes, I, I do. I, I could quote you all day long, but, um, <laughs> And I, and I say this to women all the time. I'm like, listen, you thought it was hard. It's a different kind of hard, you know, but there's so much reward because now you get to put your money where your mouth is. All those times you said you wanted to be a loving wife or a loving husband, you're going to get that opportunity. And the enemy is going to be so angry. He's going to be so angry that, that you've taken back ground. And so that it's not that the, it's not that the relationship gets harder. I mean, that, that is what it is. It's that the spiritual battle rages at that point. But and you so, were prepared for that. I mean, as prepared as I could be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because I mean, I, I mean, I literally, when Tim first walked out and I, I started to realize that this was bigger than just, um, fleshy earthly things. I, I just really started to realize like, this is, this is bigger. And the more I dug in um, to spiritual warfare and learning and reading my word, I mean, for the first time I read the Bible cover to cover and then another time cover to cover. And, um, and I've since read it cover to cover like eight times, you know, which I am a huge proponent of you. Sh- any woman who comes to me asking for marriage advice, my first response is like, do you read your Bible? Mm-hmm. If you and don't read your Bible, then you don't come to me for advice. I- so important. Oh, yeah. I'm so yeah. proud of you. I definitely am a huge proponent in, in reading your word and going to the word first, but, um, but I absolutely could quote a lot of the things that you said, because they were in, they were just, they were on point, everything that you said materialized, like every, that's where I think it's really interesting that, um, 
so, so like, for instance, the, the, first, what we're talking now is the, the fact that when you do get back together, the, the rate, the battle begins, right. Um, it's like, we had different stories, but at the core, the formula is the same. Yeah. And, and so, and I found that with the hundreds of women who've read my book and responded and told me their stories um, and a lot of restored marriages out of it, they're all, it's pretty much all the same formula. And, um, and yes, it was a two-year period of, I would say um, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times <laughs> because when you are in that place of loneliness, like I had no choice. It was either be in my word and be in lockstep with the Lord, or it was fail. I mean, I don't really think there was a middle ground. Did you waver at all during that time and think oh. I can't do this? I can't, this is, yes. this is too much. <laughs> yes, I, I absolutely. And in fact, even in my stand, there were um, multiple times where I was just like, I mean, I'd say the first time I met the other woman mm-hmm. um, and at a family day where she got to step in and be in my place at my husband's work. Uh, which I write about in the book. Um, uh, there were a few times, but honestly, that's the other thing. When you've lowered yourself in humility to the Lord, even in those weak moments, he steps in and he protected me from myself. And that happened actually, that's a really interesting one. Um, so we were about a year and 10 months in to being back together and I'm done. I- I'm just done. I- I've got nothing left. When I'd come home by myself without the kids, I would pull into the garage and I would literally just sit there for 10 minutes praying. Like I needed, like, like I needed a, like a pep talk from the Lord just to go back into that battle zone because every day was really a battle of, will I give in to what the enemy wants me to do? Or will I continually grace and love, love and grace, grace and love, love and grace. Um, and it was at that time where I, um, yeah, I, I was, I was really at my wits end and, um, the covenant trucks, that was the time that God gave me one of the covenant trucks, which as a Canadian, I would always read these testimonies about the covenant trucks in Charlene cares. And I will never see one. They're not in Canada. I will never see one. I've heard that before. (laughs) And so I was, um, I always kind of just was like longing to, to have God speak to me that way. And, um, at that point where I was really ready to break, we ended up going on it. We were now living in the U S in, in the West coast. And, um, we went on a camping trip and it was an act of obedience for me to go on this trip and to honor Tim. And it's literally like, it was the breaking point. Um, and in that moment, I don't tell this story in the book, but in that moment, um, on the way back from that trip where God, finally lifted that veil from Tim and the walls just came crashing down. I didn't really know that at the time, but on the way home from the trip, I was sitting there going, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm just, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And we pulled over to a roadside and we cooked a little bit of food. And on the way, as I was cooking the food and I know we were about to get back on the highway, I said, you know what, Lord, you know what you could do for me right now? (laughs) You could in your grace, just send me a covenant truck. I've just never seen one before. And if I saw one now, I would know for sure that I, I think it would charge me up and I would get like at least an extra six months of, of, oomph, you know? And, um, and so sure enough, we pull onto the highway and we're not on the highway for more than 10 seconds. And I look over and there's a covenant truck right beside me. And I, I had to look away because I was just like, I can't believe this. I look over here and there's another covenant truck coming across the street. I, 
I mean, I was about ready to break down. And sure enough, literally, yeah, three weeks after that, Tim's heart was completely restored to me as his wife and our marriage. And um, our marriage then wasn't just a physical presence. It was physical and emotional. And then a few years after that. Natasha, God spoke to you (laughs) and gave you the sign that God gives us the breadcrumbs to follow him. Mm -hmm. And he gave you, he knew you needed some confirmation and reading your Bible. You've been faithful doing that, but then there's that sign. And that is so awesome. (laughs) I know that is what God has always done with me by giving me nuggets of gold Mm -hmm. and those nuggets of gold, you will never forget, but you can share to other people. And as you wrote, that expect and believe that God is going to speak to you and help you in all the darkness that you and I had to walk through, that there is the light. The Lord is right there with you and never will forsake you. And our standards have to understand that you're not alone in that reading the word and believing God, would you speak to me today and show me something, you know, talk to him daily and, and have an interpersonal relationship with him. He is going to give you, I would get and drive behind a a car and it would have a a license plate of, you know, love behind there. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have to keep loving my husband. And it's unconditional love. It's unconditional love. Yeah, you're so right. Calling them breadcrumbs is actually perfect because it was, it was, it was like a little, a bit of nourishment, right? Like a breadcrumb, it could be nourishment, but it was also, you're on the right track. You're on the right path. Amen. Amen. Yeah. What, what did Tim think was happening in your life through this? So when did you share with him early on that you were standing and praying for restoration of your marriage? And what did he think, you know, through the time that he was home as your roommate, you know, did he think that you were still in love with him and still desiring a marriage or did he think you were satisfied being roommates? So when I first was standing, he thought I was insane. He thought I had actually, like, he'll say he thought I went clinically insane. Like he thought I was a mad, crazy person and that I was responding out of fear, um, that I was responding out of a desire for control. Um, he of course, not, not knowing the Lord, the way that he knows him now, he didn't understand how anybody could change as quickly as I changed. Um, I will say that and I say this a lot, less, will you actually, Charlene, zip your lips. I see, I'm going to quote you all the whole time. It's just going to be Charlene part two. Um, but I, I literally would hear your voice in my head, like zip your lips, zip your lips. Um, and I say to women a lot, like there's very few, unless the Lord says otherwise to you, I, I, I would predict there are very few moments that you actually have to speak your standing, you know, message. Um, and for me, I mean, there was maybe two times that we had a conversation in a year. Um, actions speak louder than words, right? And so when Tim announced that he was moving out, um, like I said, it took two days after he left. I mean, t- God met me graciously in those in those early days where I, I really had a lot of hate for him in my heart. And I didn't do any more damage. Praise God. All glory to him for that. It was not for me. That's for sure. Um, But then when he started to deal with my heart, I had some great opportunities to, um, to show Tim that I was 
not quitting. Um, so in Canada, where we're from, praise God, you have to be separated for a year before you can get divorced. That is so true. <laughs> that was helpful because he basically started the clock and I had that one year. Um, Tim was literally had the paperwork drawn up, ready to serve. Um, but you know, in that time, like for instance, he he was timing girls leaving his apartment at the same time that I was coming with the boys intentionally trying to hurt me. That's what was happening when we, when I was standing, right. Um, just trying to get it through my thick head. Like I'm not coming home, uh, you know? And, and so then he sees me come with the boys and be like, Oh, by the way, like I made this extra casserole. I mean, I know he's not eating well. He's living by himself. Right. Um, with another bachelor it was like, I made this extra casserole. You know, I thought you might like it when you're here with the boys, you can have it for dinner tonight. Like things like that, that I just felt called to do. Um, man, I wrote a thank you note to the other one. I didn't even remember this till just now. I wrote a, God called me to write a thank you note to the other woman after I dropped my children off to family day at his work. Wow. And she was there in my position. And I really felt God calling me to, uh, it was Valentine's day coming up and I just felt the Holy spirit being like, you're going to make some Valentine's with the kids. And I was like, awesome. Cool. 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 I'm gonna make some Valentine's great. You know, doing this. Then I felt the Holy spirit being like, and you're going to give one to her. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. What? (laughs) And it's going to be from the children and you. I was like, I think I'm not hearing you correctly, Lord, (laughs) but no, he, you know, and Sure enough. I mean, now I know a little more of what was happening in her life and, um, and her part of the story. And it was very impactful. That was a moment that God used in her story to call her heart away from my husband to him, you know? And, um, and so there were, yeah, there were some crazy things that I had, I felt called to do. And, I think Tim thought that I'd lost my mind. Once we were back together, I know he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, once we were back together, we were roommates in the sense that he was a roommate to me, but I was very much an active wife. You know, it was like there was sexual intimacy where prior to our separation, there was no sexual intimacy for weeks and weeks on end. Um, there was emotional intimacy that I was giving him without getting in return. Listen, the only way you can do those things is if the Lord is your charge and your source. And that's why I say like, there was no middle ground here for me. Like in that two year period, I I was, it was fail or be in lockstep with God. Like that I, I couldn't have done what I did without that. So for that two year period, Tim, I think would say that he he felt actually, he says this all the time. The thing that got him finally, um, was he said, Natasha treated me like I was the husband and the father of the year. And I knew I was anything but that. And she just continually treated me like I was this amazing man. And I knew that I was a piece of crap. He's like, I knew I was a terrible man. I was a terrible husband and father in that time. And eventually I just felt like I had no choice, but to live up to that persona that she treated me, um, as if I was already. So he, he definitely, um, knew that I loved him in that time. You know, it's like God's ways are not our ways and that loving unconditionally forgiving 70 times seven is amazing. 
it does work. God's word never returns void. And you put in that love unconditionally. And you were just burning, as it says in the Bible, burning, keeping burning coals on his head at that moment. And, and it never fails. God never fails. Because yeah. you're doing it in obedience to the Lord right. and doing it the Lord's way, not the world's way. Yeah. And a great example of that, just to give someone a tangible example. Um, for those two years we were back together initially, I was going to church and Tim was an atheist. He didn't want anything to do with church. And I was very thankful that he did not put his foot down and say that I could not go to church or that I couldn't take my kids to church. Um, but if he had, a, I would have stopped going to church. I just want to make that really clear. Like I, as my relationship with the Lord was not dependent on me going to church. It was, in, it's edified and it's enriched by going to church. But um, I, I said, okay, thank God he did not put his foot down and, and do that. But um, every Sunday I'd be getting ready to go to church and I knew I was going to be taking the boys by myself and he was going to sit at home and play video games, which praise God, no more video games in our relationship. Addictions do get healed. FYI, spoiler. Um, but he, I knew every, every Sunday was an opportunity for me to give in to the enemy and be angry and bitter and upset and feel jilted and feel um, disappointed and feel like God let me down. And I just refused. It was like, nope. And I'd be, I remember I was in the mirror getting ready and I'd be looking at myself and I would say, you feel it, you feel it in your flesh. You feel the, you feel the feelings, you feel the lies coming at you. And whether they're internally coming out or they're externally coming at you from the enemy, doesn't matter. You get to choose how you behave right now. Yes. And I would just pray, Lord, I don't, I want to slam the door on the way out. I want to make it known that I'm here. I am raising the kids by myself, even though you're here. Yeah. And I was like, do not let me Lord shut my mouth, zip my lips, do whatever you need to do. Help me to kiss him on the way out and be gracious. And I, it's like, it's almost like this. Um, the, the thing is, is that people could say like, Oh, you poor thing. Like you were just, that, that was just, Oh, you're so amazing that you were able to do all these things. And Oh, you, you tolerated so much. You know what? Stop. Do not say those things to me. This was one of the most rewarding and enriching experiences. And I would never give it up. And every Sunday or any other moment where I had that litmus test, that sort of where I had that test to do what was right was strengthening me as a believer. So I'm very grateful for those moments. I, I wouldn't trade them. On our last podcast, we talked about how you're in charge of your reaction. You can't handle, you know, you can not control the circumstances always because of what other people do, but you're mm -hmm. in charge of your reaction. Yeah. And, um, I think that's great. What you said about how the fact that you were pouring into your husband even when you were not receiving that back mm -hmm. and you're right. It's not about how great Charlene is or how great Natasha is. And you guys are some super women that did mm -hmm. something, but it was God through you, Amen. you yes. know, without his power, we're powerless to do things. Absolutely. And when you were talking, I thought of the scripture in Romans four. Um, let me start in verse 16. It says, therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, 
the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Mm-hmm. And you did not see the loving, giving husband in front of you, but you were calling into him, the man that you knew God could transform him to be. Yes. And I think that's so important because we can get so bogged down with our circumstances and the self-pity yep. and the poor me attitudes that we just say, God, there's no hope. Look at my spouse. Look at this. You know, I just, somebody just this week said, my husband wants to move home as a roommate but I don't want a roommate. And I was like, pack his bag. <laughs> you know, like you will have the best opportunity to show him Jesus right in front yes. of him. And, yes. and I write take a- those opportunities and not I- just say, God, I want it all wrapped up in a pretty bow. Yes. You know, the gospel is, um, the gospel is strange. Like it is, yeah. it, it doesn't make sense that God would send his son to die for us. We're not worthy of that. And so we know that God can do the impossible. And so I think it's awesome that he's done that. And through your ability to show the other woman unconditional love, she was the the conduit to say, go back to your wife, you know? So I think that's amazing. And I hope that encourages those who are listening to not give up on what the, what they may think that you're seeing in front of them, but Mm -hmm. to look for God. What you did is take captive every thought to make obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you had a choice Mm -hmm. and you took that captive. You didn't go down that Mm -hmm. woe is me trail. And if our men and women can hear this message today and how that you have a choice, we can be choice to be miserable and not look at the Lord and what he is doing behind the scenes. And we have no idea when the Lord's going to speak to your husband or to your children for salvation. But we know if we keep on living Christ-like lives and keep praising the Lord, praise defeats the enemy. And so I'm I'm so uh, applaud you by saying that because the Lord kept saying to me, take captive your thoughts, quit letting it go down the devil's road of of the fear and anxiety. What if they do that? This is impossible. You know, nothing is impossible with God. And I think a practical thing, just for anyone who's struggling with that, a really practical thing that helped me was because it was like, what does it mean to take your thoughts captive? You know, what does it mean? And, and the praise, you hit the nail on the head with the praise. Um, because where I, I adopted very early on in my stand, I made a like vow to myself that, um, that I would not allow negative thinking into my mind. So it's like taking those thoughts captive. Right. But instead of just saying, I'm not going to think them. I also committed to turning them around into praise. Right. So every, every time I'd hear, and I was literally lying to myself half the time, let's be honest. Like for instance, you know, and I would literally hear, you know, Tim would not see the boys for like two, three weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. And I would hear that voice in my head. He's a deadbeat dad. Look at him. He's such a deadbeat. You don't want him back. He's a deadbeat. And I would say out loud, I reject that. Tim is an amazing father. Tim is an amazing father. Now, was he being an amazing father? No. Had he been an amazing father? Not really. I was speaking into the future. I was speaking into the calling, like you said, that God had on him that I believed. And I was speaking it into existence. You know, I was like, no, 
Tim is, not will be, is an amazing father. Take that enemy. Like you can take your lies. They're not going to work on me and take them back in the name of Jesus. Be gone from me. Tim is an amazing father. And I I have to say, you had to replace it. Totally replace it. And I will say every, every single one of those that I can think of that I remember have come true, you know, and only five years later, um, like we've been back together for 10 years, but really after that spiritual resolution happened in his heart, um, it's been about five years since then he's all those things and more and more, like I said earlier, more than what I could have ever imagined in my, in my very early years of thinking that I knew what a perfect godly husband should do and say and be, which I obviously didn't. Now you have one. Now you have that. And now I do. And he's amazing. Um, let me ask you a practical question. If you're comfortable answering a lot of people, when they get back together with their spouse, they struggle with intimacy because they struggle with the thoughts of what their husband or what their wife did while they were away from the home, the other people they may have been with the other relationships, emotionally, physically, things like that. Um, do you have any suggestions for how to overcome that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wish Tim was here for this answer, uh, because it would be so great to hear him say what he says a lot, um, is there was a point in our marriage, um, healing journey. And I, I wasn't very long ago. It was, you know, maybe three or four years ago. Um, and he said, my Rolodex is finally all you. Mm-hmm. He, he was like, this, it was, it was so amazing for him to just be like he, this freedom that came over him yeah. because, the lie. Okay. So my advice to listeners in that is, or any standard is first praise God. You have the opportunity. Yeah. Like thank God that you have the opportunity. Number two, guard your heart because when you've been in a place of no control for so long, and now all of a sudden you have some control back, you are going to want to exercise that control because that's our flesh. That's our human nature. And that is definitely what the enemy wants you to do is to say, actually, no, you need to earn back some of this. Like I'm not comfortable with this or whatever excuse you have. But the reality is you, if you really mean it, that you want your marriage to work, it has to involve intimacy. And, and so thank God that you have the opportunity, guard your heart that you don't try and rise up and take some control back as a little tit a tat kind of thing um, that you shouldn't do. And then also next is be real with your emotions between you and the Lord, not between you and your husband or your wife. Um, You know, like they don't need to know. I I personally don't think they need to know all the nitty gritty of your personal dealings because it's just lumping more. um, Again, this is not like politically correct to say, because people would say, well, they chose all those things and they chose to have those experiences. It's on them to deal with it. But I've always come at it from an empathetic place of like, I'm just thankful God made it him be the one that was the prodigal and not me because I was, I was fortunate to not be the prodigal. I could have easily been the prodigal. I had multiple opportunities and almost did become the prodigal before we split up. So I've always thought, okay, put yourself in their shoes. Like they don't need even more stress um, for what they've done. It's, you don't need to make them pay for it by, by having this emotional outpouring of all the struggles you're having. Go to the Lord. The Lord is the one that will take those struggles and actually do something with them. Your, your partner really can't. And so I, I did struggle. I mean, Tim carried a picture of the other woman in his wallet for like the first two years we were back together. 
Wow. So did Bob, and it was in his car. I remember that story. (laughs) I do. I remember that. I found it in his wallet, and I was like, this is not happening. (laughs) And that was the what? There was only a couple times where the Lord was like, you can go do this. You know, you can go put your foot down. Um, But anyways, we... um, I, I would say that it, it was, it's definitely one of those things where you have to be, you don't stuff your feelings. You don't stuff it and be like, you should be better. You shouldn't have these, you, you know, just be a, just be a good wife or a good husband, whatever. Um, no, it's, it's like, be real with the Lord, take those feelings to him. Yeah. And, and, and I just said, Lord, I don't feel like being intimate with this man. I don't really like, he's, he's not loving, you know, he, I don't, I don't feel that desire to be intimate with him. And I would literally ask, I, I always joke that there were like three people in our marriage bed and it was actually Tim, me and the Holy spirit. So it's kind of weird that way, but this is how you make it work. I was like, Holy spirit, Amen. you're going to need to be there. I agree a hundred percent. Right. And so that was what it was. I, I prayed, I prayed through those moments. And I, and again, I came back to this. Um, I, I really think that the, if we're really honest with ourselves, the only reason someone's having problems with that, in my opinion, is because they have not fully forgiven. Right. You're right. Yes. So right. if you have not fully forgiven, you're going to have a very difficult time being yeah. intimate with someone who you still resent. Right. right. And I truly forgave Tim by the grace of God. And, w- and it was in all of those daily little moments and then it became very, it can be, it was easier. It was easier and easier to be intimate because I wanted to, because my heart was filled with love for him. But if you have bitterness or resentment or any unforgiveness, mm-hmm. that is going to be a very difficult um, roadblock to, to, but it's a symptom, right? It's a symptom of a greater issue, which is that you have no forgiveness. You haven't had total complete forgiveness yet. Right. And that's a great way and a great opportunity to do the replacing. Like that is the enemy that's saying to you, well, I wonder if he did that with that other person, or I wonder if she was, you know, whatever. And to replace that and say, Lord, this is our marriage. And this is where we are right now. And bless this opportunity. So, and and also you just remind me something where I have to say this, because you just reminded me, this is really to answer your question of like, when, when you're thinking of what the other women or men, what they did, Were they better lovers? Were they better partners? Were they, were they more free? Were they, whatever, all the things the enemy is trying to attack you with. Right. Correct. I don't even want to give him any more credit for all that. Whatever it is, the truth is, does he want a burger or does he want a steak? Mm-hmm. You know, like the girl, the, the girlfriends from, from my opinion, all the affairs, everything that happened, that was like, fast food. Right. You're right. That was fast food. That was like, it doesn't mean it's cheap. It's easy. It's fast food. And our marriage covenant and our marriage bed and our soul tie. I actually don't even think there's an analogy for this because it's so on a different playing field. It's, it's supernatural. So there's really nothing that I can even say, but but it's like the best, the most expensive steak at the finest dining restaurant you've ever been to. That's the fast food and, you know, the filet mignon, yeah. the Kobe beef, whatever you want. Right. And so if you, if you, if you are feeling like the person that your partner was with or the people have some kind of one up on you, that is a lie from the pit of hell. And you need to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. 
because that there is not a shred of truth because even if they were more free or more exploratory or just better in general, it still doesn't compare to the connection to the soul tie connection that you have with your covenant one flesh spouse. So I feel like, um, there's really no comparison there. And of course, as we all know, the longer you stay married, the better sex gets. So, you know, you've got to, you got to like till the soil a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> always, it's always a counterfeit, you know, that yes. other, it's the counterfeit and, and what you have in a marriage is, the real deal. So yeah. And Bob said never with all that he did. And he had the escapades uh, just uh, one night stands, as he would say at the beginning, when he left the home, he said, I never felt the peace. I always felt shame and guilt yep. and never had peace or, in, or in, uh, of fulfillment mm-hmm. and satisfaction at the end. And he said, I always had the guilt and shame. So I never it was always bad and not fulfilling. Right. And the Lord always reminded me of how we had it at home and yeah. that how he felt so different. Yeah. So God does speak to our spouses whenever they're doing, you know, they do speak to them yeah. and they, they're going to know that they need to come home. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, it's a counterfeit, as Lori said, but there is never a, a gift from God of saying this is good. You're never going and to don't, have that. Don't give up. If that's you and you're working through restoration, don't give up saying, I'm never going to be able to get over this. You know, take it day by day mm-hmm. and, and release it to the Lord every day and say, Lord, help me just to forget those memories. And there'll come a time where, like your husband says, the Rolodex is all you. Yep. <laughs> I love that. I love that's that. Awesome. Well, Natasha, our time has flown together. It, it has flown by, but I think that there's been such wonderful um, nuggets of truth that you've shared in how God restored your family and, and what he's done. But how can people get a copy of your book? So the Wise Wife Blueprint is on Amazon in multiple countries around the world. So they can, um, they can get it there easily. Or also signed copies are available at wisewifeblueprint.com. And um, of course, I encourage anyone to engage with me on Instagram at, at wisewifeblueprint. I'm pretty active there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm sorry, Tim couldn't be with us today, but we yeah. will promise to have both of you back together so that we can that do this again. Great. That we can hear, hear his side of the, yeah, his he, side. <laughs> he can set the record straight. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. But you have been a blessing and encouragement to yes. so many today. Yeah. And we just give God the praise and the glory that you were able to share uh, all the thoughts that you have and all the experiences that you have had yeah. and the victory in mm-hmm. Jesus yes. with it because of him. Yeah. Well, and thank you so much, um, Charlene. Like I said, this is, a very special moment for me to even speak with you and to be across from you because your story was the most impactful for me. And your, I know that it was not easy to do daily devotionals and, you know, to be as involved as you've been in this ministry. I know there's, it's come at great cost, but my story is the fruit of all of that labor. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Natasha, as we close, would you mind closing us out in prayer and just praying for those who are where you were and standing and fighting and and pleading with God for their spouse? Would you pray for them now? Absolutely. A pleasure. Thank you, Father, for this time and for this 
wonderful conversation and for the words of truth that you have spoken and that have been spoken. Um, I pray that every person listening to this, no matter where they are in their journey, would be encouraged that the lies that the enemy has been holding over them would be broken in Jesus name, God, that you would reach down into their hearts and plant a seed, a promise so deep that it, that it, that they can't shake it, that it would keep them walking on the straight and narrow, that it would keep them walking in the direction they need to go. And I pray God that if there's anyone listening, who's walking in the wrong direction and who has been giving into the lies and has been giving into the hopelessness, I pray that they would be bolstered, that they would turn from that path and come back to the way that you want for them. Father, I pray that you would bring restoration and healing in Jesus' name and be speedy, God, in your graciousness. I pray that you would bring deliverance for those who are who are pleading with you for their marriages to see what I have seen and to taste what I and Char- Charlene have tasted. God, we thank you that you are going to deliver for each one of us in the right time. in the perfect time. And we ask you to do that now. Amen. 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 Thank you, Natasha. This was awesome. It's so great. Such a pleasure. Hi, it's Lori. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. I know that we have enjoyed so much this past year and producing so many new podcasts and creating the content that I really think is resonating with so many of you. We appreciate your support in listening to the podcast and we appreciate your support um, in subscribing to receive them and sharing the episodes with other people. We have had a phenomenal response from people who have really communicated to tell us how much it means to them. As we wind down the year, I also want to make you aware of where you can donate if you would like to support the work that we do here at Rejoice Marriage Ministries. You can visit rejoiceministries.org and right on the top of that page, you can donate. We are so thankful for all of you who give sacrificially. And we know that according to the scripture, the Bible says that your first fruits, your tithe, should go to your local church. And that is what we have always taught at Rejoice Marriage Ministries. And that's what we encourage you to do. So we understand that when you're giving to us, you're giving from above and beyond your tithe. And we appreciate that. And we look to see how God will continue to multiply the gifts that are given so we can continue to minister to people. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.